Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Tuesday, the 21st of June. Um, today, I am joined by Apollonia Vlasova, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Apollonia. How are you today? Hello, hello. Long time no see. How are oh, you no, doing? It's been a while. Yeah, good, thank you. Um, so, um, which uh, which story did you uh, find most exciting in today's Watson's Daily? Um, I'm going to talk about the new modular house factory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, developer Top Hat, which was backed by Goldman Sachs, and mm-hmm. I think we've seen recently a lot of investment banks kind of um, dabbling in in real estate with Lloyd's as well recently. So this this yeah. is fun. Um, are building. Although I know I mean, that's here, yeah, but I know that's not a bank. But, you know, just like, anyway, carry on. Close yeah. enough. Uh, well, that's where my bank account goes. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, are starting are building a new factory uh, for modular homes in Corby, New Hampshire, um, mm-hmm. and it is to be completed next year uh, mm-hmm. with the capability of producing up to four thousand homes a year, and they're mm-hmm. trying to essentially achieve a level where they can produce one house an hour. This will be Europe's largest modular housing factory if they achieve mm. these results. Um, mm. And um, yeah, essentially, I think most most developers now struggle to produce more than 5,000 homes a year. So this is quite impressive. Mm. However, with the 300,000 homes being promised by the UK government um, in terms of the housing crisis to be put out every year, this mm. does make quite a small dent, um, mm. in my opinion, into in, in the whole... Um, number but it's still it's still good news uh so essentially what they do is they use these modern methods of construction by assembling houses according to a pre-designed blueprints um and um there are several pros and pros and cons to this so for example in terms of pros it's it can be cheaper currently it's more expensive to build Mm, mm. than using traditional development methods however it might be cheaper if economies of scale are achieved and that is what Top Hat is trying to do. It's trying to establish itself as a very large player here um, with obviously financial ba- backing from Goldman. Um, it can also be greener. A lot of these houses, for example, are able to achieve an A level, an A rating, which is mm-hmm. the highest rating you can get in terms of um, in terms of eco-friendliness. Um, they're quicker to build, up to 50% quicker to build, potentially safer and higher quality because you can um, essentially all the defects are... Um, taken out in the production process off-site. Um, mm. There's also, which is quite crucial at the moment, less need for skilled labor because mm. the production is automated. That is what developers have been struggling with in construction. The construction sector in general has been struggling with is the lack of skilled labor. And this is supposedly um, addressing that as well. Um, also, they can reduce heating bills potentially. And the government claims that they can reduce them by 70% which, again, relevant in the moment. Um, These are just the pros. I can discuss the cons a bit later. Just Mm. to start with, what do you think? Would you buy one? Yeah, I mean, I think think it would depend where it it was. But um, I I think it's a good idea because, um, I I don't know. I mean, I I would imagine that these things are faster to build. Um, Like you say, you do need scale for these so that economies of scale can really kick in. but I think this sounds like a, I mean, certainly sounds sounds like a step forward um, in terms of in terms of house building. Um, I I would have thought that 
okay, maybe not initially, but um, after a while, <coughs> sorry, I, I bet there would be reasonable, um, uh, you know, kind of or some scope for some, you know, uh, ad, um, well, sorry, adaptation, but, you know, making it to your own uh, a kind mm. of spec as opposed to just the whole lot being the same. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I suppose just from a aesthetic point of view, even if you were, say, to put together a whole housing estate with this sort of stuff, you know, you'd want it to look a little bit, you know, some of them to look a little bit different. Uh, and I think that you can get these. I mean, I know that, for instance, I mean, I know it's top end, but, you know, Huff House, um, which is H-U-F-H-A-U-S, Huff House is, is top end. It is expensive, mm. but, you know, there is there is customization there. I'm, I would have thought that you would be able to, you know, there will be options like to do this for um, houses that are not at the top end. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is really good. This is a, this is a, this is a positive development, not only for um, for housing, but also for jobs as well, because I'm sure this mm-hmm. will, um, you know, this will be really good news for uh, people that will be working in this. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think overall it's pretty good. Right. Um, well, yeah, that's a good point you brought up in terms of customization. Currently, obviously, at the at the current level and scale, not yeah. much of that happening. But if we if you look at more developed uh, prefab houses like in Japan, yeah. um, as we were previously discussing, um, you see much more modification customization just because it's a developed market. Yeah. I think there might be a split between potentially t- more higher end um, developers and those that are primarily developing for affordable housing and lower mm. end markets. Um, mm. And in that, you might see a split between customization and the lack of the RAV, potentially just kind yeah. of guessing a bit. But um, there are a, a couple more cons there because, uh, for example, the transportation of these houses can be a bit difficult as well. Mm. And there is still a social stigma around them. So they, they're they still much more difficult to resell once you bought one because of the kind of the stigma around them because around the quality and such especially kind mm. of people have been burned by say 60s new builds mm. and that sort of thing where which were also kind of not mo- mo- they're produced in a very different manner but mm. it culturally has been amalgamated into this one kind of fear of modular mm. housing um and there's also a couple extra costs such as plumbing electricity that sort of thing being yeah laid in there um in terms of transportation specifically that is just what logistically interests me as well um well actually one of the other cons just quickly could be mistakes being made in the process Mm. um of building these houses which you would only then be able to see during assembly by which time it might be a bit too late Mm. so there are kind of there there are a couple setbacks there which might prevent kind of more upper middle class people from necessarily engaging with this Mm. too quickly um which again might be a split between higher and lower end ones. But yeah, in terms of transportation specifically, um, what do you think? How do you think that would work? Do you think it would be easy to do? Do you think that would be potentially a hitch yeah, in I mean, the process? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, it goes back to, you know, when you when you originally asked, would I buy one? <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, um, I think and that's because, and I said it depends where it is. Because um, I think that the, the um, you know, it, because of it being prefab and you've got, you, you know, you, I'm sure you've seen these as well. You're going along the motorway or something. And every now and again, you'll see one of these, uh, uh, a sort of prefab house on the back of a, of a, you know, a lorry. 
and mm. you've then got the you know like lights going and then light you know long vehicle and blah 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 and it take you know they 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 can't go at 70 miles an hour down it so i mean that's not that doesn't look wildly efficient um you know in terms in from from that point of view um but like i said i mean if you're putting it together in bits like a almost like lego or something um then it might not be it might not be as you know it might not be as bad um and mm. then of course it and and depending on how much you can break it down for transportation purposes that might restrict where you're going because you know you might not be a bit you know down the end of a, a road that's say quite narrow for instance um mm. you know all those kinds of things but you know i i'm sure that this kind of thing can be um can be surmounted and i think that the yes that you know there there was a stigma with um prefab housing sort of post-war but um i'm i would like to think that the um technology is advanced better and that you're using better you know stronger materials that are meant to last because i'm I'm i thought that with prefab housing they weren't they really were a temporary solution but as mm. as i think we will all we all find in life temporary you know don't think a temporary solution is going to be that temporary always keep in mind that it may well become permanent um mm. and and by the way uh, on a slight aside there i would caution you if you say go to ikea thinking I'll only buy this stuff because it's cheap and I'll just keep it for a bit. Um, I mean, I've had stuff <laughs> that has been around for like 25 years. Um, which so it lasts. To... Yeah, it does last. It does last. Yeah, so, um, so, you know, with this kind of thing, I mean, I think maybe they've learned in the past that um, prefab and temp- you know, temporary becomes permanent. And so mm-hmm. hopefully they these will be engineered in, in as such. Because the problem is, of course, is if, they aren't engineered properly um they they won't go up in value or you know the upside is going to be limited um mm. which isn't good for anyone really so so anyway so i hope that it works i think that it's a positive move and it will be great for construction it will be great for jobs and hopefully it means that houses will be able to be built more quickly as well so and and yeah, so we'll see, won't we? Yeah, I mean, in terms of that, in terms of durability, that was also one of my thoughts, uh, mm. because I can just living in Scotland, I kind of imagine. I don't know. Again, it's about the stigma. They might be very, very durable and solid pieces of construction, but what mm. I just immediately think of is that with Scottish wind and whatnot, just this like card house just folding, kind of Wizard of Oz style, flying off <laughs> into the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That just again, that's that's the you know that's the stereos. You gotta you gotta think of it. Um, yeah. Out, take yourself out of that <laughs> frame yeah. of mind. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I I'd love to see one in life and just yeah. to see how it works, really. But yeah. yeah. So, um, what was your topic then today? Well, I thought I would talk about Primarni um today um for those who don't know that's primark plus as a portmanteau of primark plus armani uh an ironic uh a uh, sort of reference to to primark and the quality and uh cutting edge fashion um but i've got nothing against it so um so anyway so yeah so primarni primark um this is the um you know apparel retailer they have at last um announced an advancement into the digital age 
um, and are going to be offering click and collect. Now, the thing is, is th- th- this is this is a going to start off at, at twenty five of its stores, um, and but it looks like it will be rolled out, you know, or to, uh, everywhere. Um, it's really interesting this because. Um, Primark has come under a lot of criticism for um, for not offering um, a digital you know, di- shopping experience. So thus mm. far, you, what you've been able to do is it does have a website. You go on the website and you see the clothes and everything, and then you want to buy it, and then it will tell you where your nearest store is. Um, this takes it a step further. Um, and it means that you can, um, you know, as I say, you can click and collect, which is, which is good. I mean, obviously, it still involves going to a store. There's not delivery, but it's, you know, it is a move towards that. Um, I personally think that um, as long as there are no more lockdowns ever, um, then Primark has chosen the right thing to do because remember it was only last week that we were talking about um the likes of um uh of, of asos, ASOS and yeah. uh, also boohoo as well mm. um who have been saying that you, you know the the um the cost of returns has gone right up and it, it's really debilitating for them you Whereas, have some course, fun stats about that don't you yeah, yeah i mean so numbers. um so yeah so that was you know, from today, it was a very good, a very good article I took this from, um, in the Times um, by Ashley Armstrong, and who actually, yeah, he, she's she's very good. Um, anyway, basically, the um, it costs retailers about twelve pounds to deliver an item, and it costs about twenty pounds to process a return. Now, the thing is, you know, um, your average shopping basket in Primarni. Um, is about £20. So you can see from the figures that I've just said that actually um, it's not really that, um, you know, economically viable for them still um, to do to do delivery. So anyway, so I think that it's really, um, this is a good thing to do. This gives, um, this gives um, their, their, um, their customers access to some extent it certainly gives them to a, a broader uh, range of products for instance so there's they're going to be uh, 2000 children's products some of which are going to be mm-hmm. click and collect only so that's really good it means that they'll be able to sell more stuff from sm- even smaller stores that might not be able to put the the whole range in so i think i think this is a this is a good compromise it won't cost them as nearly as much as um, building out their own um, delivery network or paying away um, money to delivery companies like Deliveroo or Uber or something like that, um, which which I think is sensible. So, yeah, I mean, what, what, what do you think? I mean, I think it's certainly a greener option. I think it it is exactly that as sensible. Yeah. Um, they're not making a big thing out of it. They're not, you know, declaring that they're suddenly starting deliveries and such, which is, again, as you mentioned, as we've seen with ASOS and uh, online retailers have been burned recently by rising costs of transportation, plus the costs of returns specifically um, yeah. that that are uh, quite presenting quite a difficulty, um, just financially speaking, and with the increased rates of returns. 
that people complete. So I think it, it does make sense to just make it click and collect. Um, I think it's a good kind of middle way without yeah. necessarily compromising a lot of financial investment, upfront financial investment, essentially. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, just a sensible thing to do. Quite interesting because we've been declaring Primark for a while now. Oh, Primark yeah. is the only one that doesn't, doesn't do yeah. this. Um, and, now, and now they do somewhat. So yeah. this is quite interesting. I knew you'd pick up on this one. Um, <laughs> this <bit> of news <laughs> yes, today. Um, yeah, but no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just makes sense, really. It does. It does. So yeah. So there we go. So I think that that's, um, you know, that's that certainly um, is is a very interesting um, development. Now, um, I did want to just sort of pick up on a on a couple of things. Um, other than that, is one is um, I don't know if any of you have seen on on uh, on LinkedIn. Um, but we just released a new type uh, newsletter uh, comes out on Monday mornings at seven thirty in the morning, and um, what it does, it's um, it's called you know it's it's the Watson's uh, it's it's the Watson's weekly preview, um, and the idea is it tells you what happened last week in a very like a very quick overview, and then it gives you a a, a bit of a um, a look forward to what's happening in the current week. The idea is, is it sets you up for the week. So if you want that, um, it, it is free. Thank you. <laughs> it is free. And you just sign up, you know, you just sign up for it. Now, in order to, so it is like the normal um, Watson's Weekly. If you are already uh, a subscriber of what's, uh, of Watson's Daily, you will be able to see all the links um, that you'll see in this, in this, um, in this new newsletter if you're not you can still read it and it will still make sense and it will still be useful but if you want to see the more information in depth behind it then you have to you have to have a subscription so that's all i mean there's there's that a great tester just you know a little taste of watson's daily yeah exactly um, exactly yeah. To see, you know, to, to see what it is we, we keep going on about um you know the other thing as well is that um I'm going to be on a boat tomorrow. Um, as long as the train can get me there, um, you know. So, um, so anyway, so I'm going on a boat tomorrow in London, um, and I'm going to be. So this is a it's an event for um, various. I mean, you know, so law, uh, people in in the legal profession, accountancy, management, consultancy, I believe, um, and I'm going to be there. It's it's. Um, and if you know if you are there, please say hello. Uh, and then the other thing though is, I'm going to try and do an Instagram live, and it's going to be with myself and um, and Rob Hanna, who is of KC Partners. Now both of us do podcasts. His is quite different to mine uh, in that it's very much legal focused, and but also he does fun things like you know tiger king stuff and whatnot in <laughs> nfts and all that kind of stuff so um so anyway um i just thought that it would be an interesting we're just going to have a quick conversation about his journey in podcasts because he really has done some amazing stuff um and i will also talk about how this podcast came about and um you know what what's what's uh Ooh. you know what's going on so yeah so there you go see so uh Tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Well, there you go. There you go. See, a dear diary, a dear diary moment. <laughs> um, anyway, well, thank you very much indeed for your time. And it was always good to um, uh, chat to you, Apollonia. Thank you. And um, also, thank you very much for listeners for listening. 
Um, and we will be back um, tomorrow uh, again. So, yes, thank you very much. Um, have a great day and um, see you again soon. Thank you.